Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name is Ashley Brandt. And I am Brooke Marine. And we're going to be talking about episode two of season 12 of modern classic Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Before we get into A New York Family Affair, which is the title of this episode, Rob... Rob and Black China are having a baby. And I called it. You called it. And you also called that they would have a you predicted that they would have a uh, reality show spinoff of their own. And I don't know if any reports have confirmed that yet, but that's definitely been a rumor that's been circulating ever since they announced their pregnancy. Um, and like you said, like this is just sort of like the avenue that you take to getting your own uh, spinoff in this world. Yeah, you got to couple up. You got to move to another city. Um, If you're in Miami, someone's going to get pregnant. That's a cardinal rule of the Kardashians in Miami. Someone always gets pregnant on that spinoff. So, you know, excited to see where this goes. Excited to see where they relocate to. Sure. And I mean, I think the fact that they announced. So they announced their pregnancy on Instagram. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, but they both posted a picture of a black China emoji where she's got this, like this cartoon version of China and she's got this huge baby bump and she's wearing all white and she has like a a cartoon, you know, emoji wedding ring on her finger. And (laughs) I mean, I don't know what that's just like. I can't imagine any other way that they would have announced their pregnancy. It's like almost too perfect that they would announce their pregnancy via emoji on Instagram. Yeah, that was like the debut of the chai emojis, right? I think so, because it was like immediately after she they announced that they were pregnant, and like no caption necessary, just the picture of the emoji. Immedi- mm-hmm. Immediately after they made that announcement, she was like, "Oh, by the way, I made my own emojis, and you can download them, and they're called Shy Emoji." And like, I think Amber Rose also plugged them since they're best friends, and she also has her own set of emoji. But uh, this is a—they're a, clearly sending a message. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, Black China also has reportedly filed some paperwork to trademark the name Angela Renee Kardashian, which will be her married name. This is wild. She, like, you've said it before, but she really is beating Kris Jenner at her own game. And, like, I I think it's going to be so fun and, and wacky to see how this plays out on the actual show on keeping up with the Kardashians because we're seeing it now in May 2016 but by the time they get to this point in the series I can just like I just like I don't know I'm I'm trying to imagine it I don't think you know things fall apart the center cannot hold I just feel like (laughs) it's just like a carnival of like craziness is gonna happen on this show I know I know I know I would love to get some wacky shenanigans up in this show again this whole episode was pretty stilted I want to see like Kendall and Kylie spill spaghetti sauce on the carpet again I want Chloe to hire a medium again like I know I want Kim to sign the family up for a fitness obstacle course like <laughs> give me something to work with here I, know, I was so bored remember when Kendall and Kylie like went missing quote-unquote missing and like I don't know like Thailand or something oh, <laughs> oh my god I need something do you like remember that? Do you remember when Kendall turned 16 and she wanted to get a tattoo on the back of her neck 
So she and Kylie said they were going to the mall and then flew to Las Vegas. And then Kendall was like going to get a tattoo and Kylie was like walking around a candy store. And then Kendall like chickened out. But also like who was signing her parental release on that? I, you know, I, I oh, my God, the show is so this show has the ability to be so crazy. And I really I've. I really need them to sort of pick that up again because I mean this episode was so boring it takes place in New York so you think okay change of scenery this is going to be interesting and it's you know the Yeezy 3 fashion show at Madison Square Garden Lamar is making his first public appearance since his accident like and yet it was so boring I felt like nothing happened I feel like in their real life in the month of May things have been somewhat interesting like they went to Cuba for example mm-hmm. we've been seeing some belated uh, you know Instagrams and snaps from Cuba since they apparently didn't have Wi-Fi um, and were I, reportedly and upset how, yeah I was I because I, I you know obviously I'm, I'm obsessed with following them on Snapchat and I noticed that for a couple days I wasn't seeing Chloe's updated snapchats and I wasn't seeing Kim snap and like none of them were updating and I thought I was like hmm, that's really interesting and then I realized it's probably because they don't have wi-fi in Cuba and <laughs> then they posted those pictures like the, the delayed photos of them on vacation and first of all I just really can't wait to see this play out because Courtney posted an Instagram of her like in some cute little outfit up against like a white wall with an Ernest Hemingway quote as the caption. And then Kim posted like a selfie of the three of them in the car with an er saying that they were going to see Ernest Hemingway's house and like no shade, but I really don't know if they know who Ernest Hemingway is. (laughs) I mean, Courtney might, Courtney did go to college. The name might be ringing a bell, but (laughs) There's no way they've read a single thing by Ernest Hemingway. I don't know. I shouldn't be mean. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. I don't know. But they also said, Kim also was like, I love Cuba. It was like stepping into a different time. And it's like, uh, you can't say that about Cuba. Like, oh, I don't know. Problematic fave. It's okay. But we, you know, this is going to be the two part vacation episode at the end of this season. So I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to it. I mean, did Malika go with them too? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe we can get some more more like, yeah. Remember that episode where Malika like got drunk and like tried to kiss Chloe? Yes. Do you remember that? I loved that episode. I loved that Maybe they'll bring Malika and Jonathan and then Malika and Jonathan will get into a fight again. Oh, I hope so. That could be, that could be juicy. I need I just need something I need it I need it to be interesting I mean anything of that caliber would be much juicier than the stilted staged drama in a New York family affair oh my god I mean the first one of the opening scenes when you know Chloe and Kim are talking on the couch and Chloe's like, well, I think it was Chloe and Kim. Maybe it was Chloe in court. I don't know. Chloe was like, I can't just like bring, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. I can't leave Lamar alone if I'm going to go to the Yeezy 3 fashion show. And she's like, I can't just bring Lamar with me, can I? And it was just so forced and stilted. I felt like 
a light bulb was going to pop up over any of their heads at any moment. I don't know. That's real. That's very... There were a lot of, like, moments where it really felt like someone stumbled over a line like a lot of just stutters and like missteps as people were trying to speak um people just also were not passionately engaged in their you know given dramatic storylines at all like chloe and caitlin or the courtney tyga scott drama that i literally never heard of before i know it's just like i didn't care about it i didn't care about anything this episode and i'm wondering if part of the reason that the fashion show seemed really annoying was because we've already you know in february when pablo was released and the show happened in madison square garden and lamar made his public appearance this was so heavily publicized and you know also snapchatted and instagrammed and tweeted about and facebooked like we have already seen all of these images and it's just like everything seemed really stale you know Hmm. Yeah, it was only, you know, like three months ago, but I, I remember like that day on social media and it was just like Kardashian post, Kardashian post, Kardashian post, like no matter what social media platform I was on. Yeah, because and I guess I don't know, like I said, like you're, you're we already by the time that I watched this episode, I'd already seen all, all of that. I already listened to Pablo more than un- enough times, more times than I wanted to. I shouldn't drag the life of Pablo. I feel like we're. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. It's it's a grower. I felt indifferent towards the life of Pablo until I woke up one day and was like, "Oh, I've listened to this every day for two months, and I can't imagine my life without it." I mean, I have a few songs that I like. I think it's really sad that the Panda sample is probably the best part of the whole album because it's like that's not even his song. I think it seemed really rushed and I'm sure that that's part of the aesthetic that he was going for. I mean, even if you look at the album cover, it's got this sort of like mm-hmm. slapdash, whatever, like, you know, pastiche yeah. sort of aesthetic, you, but I don't know. I'm not into it. Have you listened to the version that ended up on Spotify? Yeah, I have. I have Spotify. I do not. <laughs> I can't pay for title. I... I've I so I waited I mean I I found a way to listen to the album I'll say that when it dropped and then I listened to it and I was like uh maybe I listened to it like two or three times let it slide for a couple months and then it was on Spotify and so I've listened to it there I don't know I just I think that when the album was coming out right before it came out there was just so much like you know hype about it and like all the twitter beef between Wiz Khalifa and then like Chance the Rapper and then like the SNL performance oh my god why don't they put I wonder why didn't they put their whole thing with them being on SNL backstage because that that's juicier to me than the fashion show because Kanye was yelling at people backstage and like that's when this was sort of like the the height of the Kylie Jenner short film snap series um which I miss those I like those I mean as much as I would love to see you know the show go behind the scenes of SNL a I don't think Lauren Michaels would allow that to happen b I don't think that uh, that would be 
I don't know. I just don't think they would have the control over that situation that they want to as they like reshape their image once again. Sure. Yeah. I like, you know, we have to keep in mind that part of the, you know, I think the mission of this season is to do some major damage control because last year they had a rough year and so did a lot of us, <laughs> but <laughs> 2015 was not easy. Um, so, you know, this season is all about damage control and you're right. If they, if they did go behind the scenes of something like, you know, SNL, they wouldn't have as much creative control. Like, you know, Kanye was able to give them his songs for this episode so that we could actually hear, you know, some songs from the life of Pablo in this episode. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but this Madison Square Garden show was supposed to be the release of the album. I mean, you do remember, you've made reference to this. And then Kanye was like, oh yeah, JK, album's not coming out yet. What a time. I was not on his side when this album was released. But you know what? When he announces that tour that he's so reticent to announce, I'm there. I'm buying like floor seats. I don't know if I can do that to myself. I've seen Kanye West perform and he was great. Um, This was right before Yeezus came out and it was at Governor's Ball. I guess this was like... 2013 maybe 20, uh, 2013 20, I can't even remember 2012 maybe maybe it was tw- 2013 I don't know doesn't matter it was right before Yeezus came out and so we played a couple songs like Black Skinhead and stuff and like the, the performance was great I don't know if I can do a Pablo tour I mean I'm there you know no question <laughs> I know you're there I think also <laughs> To me, the most fun and weird part of this episode were all of the, like, celebrity cameos. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was a a who's who of who's in Kris Jenner's phone book, you know? (laughs) Honestly, like, okay, like, some people made sense. Like, okay, ASAP Rocky was there. I get it. Anna Wintour was there. I understand it because of their Vogue cover and, you know, they have a history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gigi Hadid, sure. Lil' Kim, she and Kim are friends. Carly Kloss was there, which I think, it, and I think it's funny that Carly Kloss was present because this was the first time that Kanye played famous and that's when he released, or, you know, revealed that he had like a Taylor Swift diss on there and that's Taylor Swift's BFF. Um... And then, you know, Melanie Griffith is very close friends with Kris Jenner. But my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite cameo from this whole thing that makes no sense. Like, I don't know why this person was there. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell has not made a public appearance that I've been made aware of in God knows how long. But well, here she daughter, is. Didn't want her daughter or one of her children go like missing oh, last year? That was but then they really... were found like a couple weeks later. I don't know. Yeah, but now her. I mean, it's her adopted daughter, and then her adopted daughter left to live with her biological mom instead of Rosie O'Donnell. That was a really dark situation. That was so dark. Also, did you notice that Clo- um, Rosie seemed to be crying or like? I don't know. It seemed like she was crying. And I don't know if she was just like overcome with emotion because she was meeting Caitlyn for the first time. And she obviously has like, you know, she has huge ties to like the LGBTQ community. And so like, I don't know if 
that's why she was in tears or looked like she had just been crying but it was super weird to see rosie o'donnell like that's the last person that i would have expected to see on this show yeah absolutely but she was i mean rosie was there to talk to caitlin rosie was not there to talk to anyone else oh no because if you look i played it back recently and it's like chris is like totally ignoring rosie and rosie's kind of i don't know it's just the whole scene was weird i don't know i mean the whole yeezy season three thing i don't know like it was cool to see like the fittings and the outfits and like kanye putting the outfits together but then I don't know. They didn't really go any deeper than that. And I don't think Kanye would have wanted the cameras to be around any more than they were. So we were kind of left with these like fabricated B and C plots. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, the continuation of the Chloe and Caitlyn drama into this episode was pointless i mean it it took them less than an episode to sort of wrap up this supposed tension between the two of them i don't know i really liked her denim jumpsuit though i liked her denim jumpsuit but i was really hoping that we were just gonna skate past that whole period where that whole family was wearing braids (laughs) they wore them for such a long time that i don't know if I think we might have a couple more episodes where we see this happening. It was so bad. Shoot. It was so bad. Like, Kim was in hiding and, like, growing out her hair. So when she did, like, the actual just plain French braids, I was like, okay, I get it. You just had a baby. You're working on your fitness. Like, you've got a lot going on. But there was no reason for Chloe to debut that look on cocktails. No, no. Although I have to say, I like... <laughs> But I can't. I can't even imitate it. But whatever that thing is that Chloe does when she's saying okay, but she like rolls the R at the end of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I want her to do a tutorial on how to do it because I don't know how to do it, and I noticed that Courtney couldn't figure out how to do it either. And I thought it was really. I think it's funny. Like she's been doing it for a few months on Snapchat and whatever, and I don't know. I think it's fun. It's just like a little Coco trademark. Yeah, a little, you know, vocal trill um did you also catch when courtney like demonstrated why she doesn't talk in a more enthusiastic voice oh my god i think i was zoning out at that point what was she saying they were like at dinner and she was like talking about basically why she doesn't talk a certain way like why she doesn't talk at like a louder volume or like more quickly um so she like raised like her volume and like made herself sound a little more dynamic and she sounded so valley girl um and she was just like and that's why i that's why i talk the way i do oh my god the things that women have to do the things that we have to do to like mutilate ourselves essentially so that we're palatable for other i know people. jesus christ i know <laughs> Well, and it's so, I mean, you know, you can find a thousand articles that are like, the Kardashians are responsible for vocal fry, the the audio trend that's like ruining the voices of young women everywhere. Come on. I know. Well, and it's just like, all of those things are from like these old historicists, probably white 
dudes who are linguists like whatever i have a little bit of vocal fry too and i don't really fucking care and i i don't care if the kardashians speak a certain way they're from california they're from southern california how do you think they're gonna talk like I don't I think that it's like when 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 people and maybe this is a trend that I think has kind of died down a little bit in 2016 but you're right like last year there was like I don't know there were so many articles about vocal the last couple years about vocal fry and how it's like ruining the way that we communicate or whatever and I don't know I think ultimately it's dismissive of women yeah i mean i think that however young women speak as a demographic is always going to be like ridiculed i don't think it really matters how we speak it just matters that we speak right it doesn't matter if you sound like Cher horowitz from you know uh, clueless or if you sound like a young hillary clinton like you're still gonna be vilified this is not me endorsing hillary clinton by the way i feel like i have to like say that anytime i say anything that does sort of support her but like in terms of voting that's not my bag but like stay tuned for the k-holes official endorsement for the 2016 election and i bring up hillary clinton because a couple things so i know that kim and kanye support hillary clinton and i guess kendall does too and i'm sure kylie doesn't give a shit and i'm assuming most of them are you know pro hillary clinton whatever they've been in photos with her and well whatnot. except for caitlin <laughs> except for caitlin who supports donald trump and if you notice in this episode they were staying at the trump soho kim in that like cruella Deville dalmatian um <laughs> yeah whatever um it was a cute coat but she did look a little bit like cruella which i thought was funny since that's what they called chris last episode where where were we taking this i don't know i got a little carried away talking about the way that people see and talk about women i mean Uh, me all the time all the time every conversation um let's start at the bottom of the drama totem pole and just talk about the unnecessary court Tyga Scott situation. I, it's just really, they needed a lot of filler in this episode, I think. And this was all filler. I mean, Tyga wasn't really in it. I guess we saw him. He was at the fashion show. Scott didn't even show up. There was like one, one cutaway to Tyga not sitting with the family. Exactly. So... I don't know. I think they just needed to demonstrate that Courtney, and she said this herself, has like a tendency to sort of shift the blame from one person to the next when she's really upset with Scott and she's shifting the blame mm-hmm. to Tyga. And I thought it was so funny that um, uh, she and Kylie were in the car together and Kylie wasn't going to say anything to sort of like stick up for Tyga, but she was basically holding a lip kit box in her hand yeah. and she was like... Yeah, lip kit alert. And she was like, I don't really think you should talk to Tyga because he's really sensitive. And like, that's that's all she had to say. He's really sensitive. That's that's the biggest thing that I took away from this episode is apparently Tyga (laughs) is sensitive. Apparently. So, I mean, it was kind of all for nothing. It all tied back to the show because, court, you know, Kim disregarded Courtney's instructions as far as inviting people went, and then Scott didn't even show up. 
because he was doing Scott things, like not hanging out with his family. It was such a, just such a non-issue. Total, total non-issue. And do you remember that Kylie says that Tyga always feels torn between Court and Scott? And first and foremost, I have very rarely, if ever, heard of Scott and Tyga hanging out, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. It, it it makes sense in the in the in the way that sure they both love to party, I guess. But I don't really think I've seen or heard of them interacting with each other in like a bro type of way. There was a moment where Scott, Kylie, and Tyga were all photographed leaving a club together, but I don't know that like Scott and Tyga hang out one on one. They're not like buddies like that. No. I mean, the only connection that I can see is through Chris Brown. Oh, that's gross. But yeah, is Chris Brown friends with Tyga? I have no idea. I'm just like assuming. I assume so. They seem like they'd get along. Okay, but the other thing, the other thing, I have never seen Courtney and Tyga interact in my life. Why no, would Tyga feel I torn? <laughs> I the only way that I can see that he would feel torn is because you know Kylie was is obviously allied with her sister Courtney, but like I've never seen them interact. I've never seen him interact with Scott, and I've never seen him interact with Courtney, and I just don't understand the fa- like fabricating this whole drama for the purposes of these you know f- beginning few episodes it just seems like filler i was like i, I mean i i'm i was more interested in the b-roll of like random shots of new york city this episode than i was <laughs> in hearing about courtney and tyga and scott do you think that that's like stock b-roll or do you think that that is shot specifically for this show um I think it's shot for them. I think, I mean, E! News is part of the NBC Universal um, world, right? So I'm assuming that they have people on standby in New York who can just go out and, like, shoot, you know, some random crowd shots. And then they have all the shots that are, like, you know, all the shots that are from the inside of their black SUVs, like, looking outside, but... I don't know. I was just really bored. I was bored with Courtney, Tyga, and Scott. I was bored with Chloe and Caitlin. That also just no, no point in that drama. No real resolution. Just like they have to interact, so they do, and then it's over. Yeah, and they hugged it out at the end, and then Caitlin hopped on the plane on the way back to L.A. Oh, speaking of planes, I did think it was funny when, uh, see, Kim has the ability to be funny sometimes. Like in the beginning, she said to Chris was like, I was thinking about getting a plane and Kim goes, oh honey, we got a plane. I'm like, I thought that was funny. She has, she has a sense of humor. Yeah. I feel like the peak of funny Kim was right after her divorce when she was making jokes about herself and also did that weird thing where she put on a bunch of wigs and then like went over to Courtney and Scott's house and like pretended to be different people and like freaked Scott out oh my god yes I forgot about that see I like it when they're silly I know again I just want the shenanigans up to 10 you know. I should send an email to Ryan Seacrest and just be like, more silliness, please, and see what happens. <laughs> Here's my feedback. Here's my feedback. I'm a valued customer, I guess. 
Aren't we all? Aren't we, we are. all? I mean, let's see. The only other... Now, I do find the drama with Lamar marginally more interesting than the drama with Chloe, Caitlin, and then Courtney, Tyga, and Scott. Yeah. But it also However, felt kind of voyeuristic. Yeah. I felt wrong for watching this. I felt like it was too soon and like I shouldn't have seen what he, I shouldn't have been seeing him like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was surprised. Like he, he really does look like he's healthy and like doing very, very well. But I also just... Like, none of these conversations needed to take place on camera, and they were all happening, like, for the benefit of the camera, and you could see when Lamar wasn't really engaged, I assume because he had no interest in, like, rehashing these conversations that he's already had. Yeah. I mean, asking him to talk about his experience, his near-death experience, in such detail, it just... I don't know. It felt a little skeevy. I and I think like I feel bad for him. I mean, it was really even in so even when um Courtney is sitting behind Lamar and Chloe in the car and she's FaceTiming with Penelope, which was a very cute moment. Um and then Penelope wanted to talk to Chloe and then Chloe asked Penelope if she wanted to talk to Lamar and she says hi Lamb and it's like really cute but he really is just sort of like even in that moment I could tell that he was like he he was gonna play along and say hi and be cute and cordial with his like niece essentially but he seemed really tired mm-hmm. like he turned he was like are you being a good girl and she said yeah and he said okay and turned around so Lamar was probably I mean up traveling getting ready doing a lot of like hurry up and wait for this fashion show i mean standing around for an hour while those models stood in madison square garden and kanye's album played like he had a long day and then at the end to be like so tell me about when you were in a coma that's come on that's kind of fucked up yeah i mean yeah, I felt really, I felt really bad, and I felt like, you know, I do, like, commend them for not, like, filming him while he was in a coma, and, like, you know, refusing to have cameras around when they were in crisis. But they but did show, they showed you know, that picture. Yeah, some of Chloe's personal photos, and, like, as much as, I don't know, initially I was, like, very touched to see Lamar, like... I don't know, in recovery and, like, doing well. Again, it's, like, I don't know. Who has rights over those photos? Is it Chloe because she took them? Probably. But I would hope that, you know, Lamar has some control over how this narrative is, like, being presented. Yeah, he needs to tell his own story. um, Because it's not exactly their whole story to tell. Although I thought... (laughs) I couldn't, I mean, to bring it back, to circle it back to one of the guests who was present at Yeezy 3, Melanie Griffith, one of um, Chris Jenner's very best friends, mm-hmm. was married to Don Johnson twice. They were divorced and then remarried. And Chris brings this up and tells Chloe that she should pull a Melanie Griffith and remarry Lamar. And it's like, well, Chloe and Lamar aren't divorced yet, and I don't think that they've finalized that, and I don't think they will soon. But to, like, try to force that situation seems really messed up, Chris. Yeah, and even in that moment, um, Chloe was saying, oh, well, like, that 
could be you, Lamar, but we definitely have to end this marriage. Because Lamar put Chloe through some shit. He really did. And she has been there for him for this entire time and there for his family. And, you know, she's looking out for him when she technically doesn't really have to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point, she and James Harden had broken up, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she's- she went from Lamar to French Montana to James Harden. And then she had her show, Cocktails with Chloe, but now that that's been canceled, I don't... Why can't anyone in this family hold down a talk show? I don't know. That's a really interesting point. I'm trying to think, how long did Kris Jenner's show last? Like, not even a full season, right? No, it was like half a season. It was like six weeks. It was so bad. But, like, I never got to see Cocktails with Chloe, and I'm sad about it because she had some pretty good guests on there. Like, I think she had Cardi B on there and yes, and Kim and Chrissy and John, and I think Snooki was on at one point, and... I just yeah. she had some cool guests and then you know Chloe was also recently on Chelsea Handler's um Chelsea does Netflix series. Oh, you're right. And um you know, she's friends with Leah Remini, which I think is really interesting. Oh shit, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she and Leah Remini are I think they're I think they're good friends and and Chloe's friends with Chelsea now after I mean they were on the same network but I just remember watching Chelsea lately and she used to talk so much shit about that family it's so crazy like being the Kardashians and like knowing that pretty much every you know semi-comedic celebrity you know out there is going to be talking shit about you because you are an easy target for you know the kind of comments that people like the public really responds to about like oh this is like you know what's wrong with american culture people love blaming that shit on successful women um Mm -hmm. it's so crazy though that like the they will go on these talk shows you know members of this family will go on these talk shows and talk with these people who've talked such shit about them and like not say anything i mean that's just so much restraint and it's very smart but i i'm not a big enough person to do that yeah i don't know i also Speaking of going on talk shows, this is something that I noticed on Chloe's snap this week, which was, it was like she was basically reenacting what what Courtney did last week on the show, which was, so Chloe snapped this week that she was going to be on Ellen. And she was like, yeah, I never used to be nervous, but now I'm so nervous. And that's like verbatim what Courtney was saying on the show last week. And I just was like, Mm -hmm. why are they all pretending like they're so nervous to be on these talk shows? Honestly, no idea. They also, like, don't really do the talk show circuit anymore. No, they don't. And when Rob and Black China were interviewed by E! News this week, um, you know, to talk about the pregnancy, apparently this is Rob's first major public appearance in three years. He's 28 now, so he was 25 the last time that he... Holy shit. It both feels like it has been forever. 
and like it's been six months you know what i mean and i mean i'm so glad that he's out of his house and he's out and about and he's smiling in this picture but you know the on-camera interview but he still has a long way to go i'll put it that way yeah i mean he just looks like a different person just in the way he like carries himself and like i don't know I feel like also during that dark period, he, like, revealed a lot of, like, things about himself that I don't, I don't know, that felt kind of slimy to me. Like, there was that period where he, like, wasn't really following anyone on Twitter except a bunch of porn bots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's had a really rough time. Something was going on. And then, I mean, Chloe maybe this was like in her complex interview or maybe it was before that but sometime within the last year or so maybe it was last season she was just saying she and Kim were like well yeah he's just like at home like smoking weed and like eating Doritos all day and like Mm -hmm. what do you think that's doing to his brain like they kind of made a comment about that and I yeah I do remember that that I remember really dark yeah that being like really surprising that they would like admit that rob was like a big stoner um they've always like really skirted away from stuff like that like admitting you know what was going on with lamar or Mm -hmm. addressing the fact that chloe has a dui that's never been part of their image no it's not and like they it's really interesting to think about you know which one of the i can't i don't know who it was who said it this episode but after the show they were like i need a drink and i thought that was so funny because like i don't think kim drinks that much she's talked before about how she's like i'll have like a glass of champagne and like that's it i actually think that was the season when they were doing the pole dancing class yeah i mean the one time that i think we've ever seen her really drunk i mean was in miami shortly after Kanye gave her Mercy the Kitten and it was like another very R.I.P. Mercy the Kitten but it was another very like staged like Kim we want you to like go wild in Miami we really want to capture those like Courtney and Chloe take Miami vibes you need to go out all night with Jonathan and then lose your kitten oh my god yeah I mean besides that they don't really talk about their relationship to substances and it's Mm -hmm. like well especially because Kanye like writes a lot about um you know garden variety you know drugs in the rap scene um but like (laughs) I mean I know that like you know author is not narrator especially in rap music what's that song where Kanye's rapping about having a kid like a daughter do you know what I'm talking about oh yes it's not uh, hold on I'm I feel like I have to look it up um because I have the album it's is it champion I mean champion he talks about having a kid he talks about having a son Oh, it's all of the lights. Is that on graduation? I'm just outing myself. No, that's all my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. You really are. Um, Someone who's apparently going to the Pablo tour. (laughs) 
<laughs> I need to get my life together. I swear to God, he talks about having a kid on graduation or something like that. He does. I think in celebration, he says something about like your your mom, and he's like talking to his imaginary son. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I remember. Okay, this is going back a bit. So Kanye raps about like Molly and cocaine in addition to weed. Obviously, like narrator does not equal author, especially in rap music. I remember, you know, when Kim was initially pregnant with North, people were saying like, oh, well, like, doesn't Kanye already have a kid that he like doesn't see? And that's just like not true. That's just a line in all of the lights. You know, um, people mm-hmm. have a really hard time, you know, believing that rappers can, um, you know, create fiction, create fantasy, you know, use metaphor. But again, it seems like Kanye is, you know, in that scene a little bit. Um, you know, whether or not he does Coke and Molly, he's certainly been around it before. But again, that's like super glossed over in the show and not even approached or acknowledged in any way. And they didn't acknowledge Lamar's problems really until, you know, he had his accident. Yeah, it, it seems like they, they that's something that maybe, I don't know if maybe like Chris has like a, a strong stance against it and maybe that's something that she's like laid down from the beginning like no this is something no do you remember when chris jenner and mary joe shannon ate edibles together i loved that i I totally forgot yes yes they were eating gummy bears those are the shenanigans i want to see and then caitlin like walked into the room and was like not in my house she's very (laughs) anti-drug because of like being an athlete i guess but I remember, oh, that was a cute moment. They had the gummy bears, right? It was like edible gummy bears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like fun. That's just, (laughs) that was delightful. Delightful. See, turn up the silly factor. That's all I need. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for, you know, I don't, I don't need to ask Lamar what he saw when he was in a coma. That's for Lamar to know, and, like, maybe those he chooses to disclose that information to. Totally. Although I will say, the only, like, kind of silly moment that I really enjoyed this episode was when Chloe's dog, I guess it was Gabbana, was licking her toes. I thought it was cute. Yeah. Well, that's not Chloe's dog. I believe that dog lives at Kris Jenner's house. Who's fucking... Do- is it Kendall's dog? No, that was definitely Gabbana. I don't know why Gabbana was over there. If you remember, there was there was Dolce and Gabbana. Dolce mm-hmm. went missing and has not been seen in like seven years. I'm always surprised to see Gabbana when I do, which is about once a year. And honestly, for more information on missing Kardashian pets, I encourage everyone to do some Googling missing Kardashian pets. There are a lot. Kylie is the only person who can like hold onto an animal for more than like three months at a time. Which is nuts. Like if Kylie is the one who can hold on to an animal... I think, and because uh, she has, so how many, how many, how many dogs does she have? She has three or four. She has Norman. She has uh, Bambi. Bambi. She had one dog that I swear to God she was calling Penis or something. Maybe. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> she's like 
a couple months ago she was like Peenie. she definitely has another dog and then recently in the last week or so on snap there was a there was a pig in her yard like a baby pig and it's just oh my like, god why not why not um do you remember a okay first of all do you remember kendall's great dane puppy mm-hmm, the one that shit all over the house yeah yeah have I, not seen him in a long time well yeah because chris was like don't get this dog because i'm gonna be the one taking care of it and remember when <laughs> the dog like shit all through the like uh i guess in like the laundry room or like the mud room when you walk in and kim saw it and put down one paper towel and like ran away <laughs> oh my god i do remember that um who else okay a couple of episodes into season 11 courtney maybe this wasn't even on the show maybe this was an interview she was like oh yeah i'm so glad i don't have pets what happened to that bengal cat they had for like six months Mm, i forgot about that i mean we've already you know covered mercy r.i.p um, mm-hmm. I mean, Mercy. Bernard Hopkins, uh, the boxer that Chloe and Lamar had, never to be seen again once he graduated from puppyhood. I'm on a list of definitive ranking of Kardashian animals. Kendall used to have horses when she was a kid. Kylie had a dog named Adam. What the fuck? And then we have... Kendall got two puppies December 2011. Louis and Vuitton. Her Great Dane, Blue. Yep. Rocky. Kim, yep. Oh, Kim shared a dog with Reggie Bush. Oh, my God. That's a throwback. Wow. Kendall, wow. Kylie and Chloe adopted a rescue dog named Jackson in... I, I hate Instagram. It says 45 months ago. I That's almost four years ago. I can't do that math. Um... Who knows where it went? Gabbana. <laughs> oh my god. Gabbana is still kicking. I'm going to send you for anyone who's interested. Um there's a picture of Gabbana shitting in the backyard <laughs> behind <laughs> Chloe on camera. Um will that be the cover art for this? <laughs> it should be. Episode. It well, should perhaps. Be, that's a hilarious picture. Um, Dolce went missing in 2012. Oh my God. Princess. Princess? Oh my God. Remember when Kim found that dog in the parking lot? <laughs> Outside of a nail salon. Yep. Yep. And then Kim like gave away the dog as she does with all of the pets that she gets and like yet somehow never learns her lesson. Wait. Kendall and Kylie's dog, Bella, lives with Pastor Brad. Who is Pastor Brad? Oh, do you remember? That was when they were really young and they got the dog without their parents' permission. They were like 10 or something. I just feel really bad because Mercy died after like getting a virus. Yeah, she was like actually sick. That's so um, sad. But at that point... Like, Kim had realized she was allergic to cats and then gave Mercy to Chloe's assistant, Sydney. And then Mercy died a few months later. Oh my god, number one, Mason's fish that died. (laughs) 
What was his name? Its name. I, I don't I know. Don't think we know. Maybe it didn't have a name. That's progressive. And Charlie the Bengal cat. <laughs> what happened cat. to Charlie? Where is she? I don't know. All I know is that a couple weeks ago, North Snapchatted, or like Kim Snapchatted a video of North's like Hello Kitty stuffed animal or whatever. And North said that the cat's name was Mercy. So <laughs> Mercy lives on. No coaching. No coaching whatsoever. No, none at all. Kim definitely did not tell her child to name her fake stuffed animal after a real dead cat. (laughs) But, you know, Gabbana makes an appearance in this episode, still kicking, still with it. You know, I look forward to seeing her again next year. Totally. She's in Chloe's snap, so I I think there's more... Gabbana footage to come. Good, good. Um, this is not directly related, but did you read that amazing um, BuzzFeed article about Carrie Washington's like revamped PR strategy? One of the um, articles open in one of my 60 open tabs on my computer <laughs> that I have not yet read, but I love Anne Helen Peterson. Like everything that she writes for BuzzFeed and elsewhere is just brilliant and like I I'm excited to read it. She's a really she's really good about talking about celebrity yeah, culture. She that that article is really good. I hadn't been following Carrie Washington's career um pre-scandal, so it was really interesting to see um kind of those two PR strategies contrasted um and how she shaped her narrative and shaped her image as a celebrity. Um, through her career and I think it ties in nicely with some of the stuff that we were talking about last week with like creating you know making yourself and like your personal information into a commodity the way the Kardashians have unrelated but semi-related because it pertains to Kelly to Carrie Washington but um in 10th grade I had a history teacher (laughs) who lived in the same building or on the same floor as um as Carrie Washington like they were neighbors and they like kind of knew each other before Carrie Washington was famous yeah like in Harlem or something I don't know but no Anne Helen Peterson writes really great pieces about celebrity culture and the commodification of you know their their bodies and gossip the way the gossip industry circulates things and like she wrote a couple really good pieces about ben affleck and jennifer garner and like especially in terms of you know what we are privy to see like there are a lot of celebrities who are anti-paparazzi you know taking pictures of children which i think is totally fair and valid and they should be because children can't consent to that and a lot of celebrities recently like justin bieber and amy schumer said that they're no longer going to take pictures with fans when they run into them and yeah i think it goes back to what we were saying about how on one hand people might say well you're a celebrity, you don't have a normal life, you didn't sign up for a normal life, and you don't have any right to privacy, but it's also, like, no matter how famous they are, they are people, too, and, like, we are compensating them for their labor that they do, and so because we compensate them for their labor, whether that's effective labor or whatever, entertainment, whatever it is, like, if they don't want, you know, if they want 
if Rob wants to say that he wants to keep his kid's life as private as possible, then he's totally allowed to say that. I think that female celebrities, especially like female celebrities that are a little lower on the notoriety scale, there is you know, this distaste for women being really transparent about trying to capitalize on notoriety and capitalize on fame. So I think that in a certain sense, in order to cultivate that air of like the right kind of celebrity, you have to at least say you want to be private, you know, in some sense, you have to like project this air of like dignified normalcy for people to buy in, even if that you know air in and of itself is like a performative act that's designed to you know garner more attention based on your relatableness totally and i think especially now the relatability factor is what like you know people really sort of anchor latch on to um even in terms of like fiction, which is so crazy, which is so crazy. I mean, even in terms of like fictional narratives that we watch, like if we watch, you know, fictional television series, not reality TV series, but like, I don't know, something like Girls, for example. I know this is like a very like controversial subject, so I'm not even going to go into it. But like, a lo- one thing that people say is that they can't relate, and they need the characters to be relatable, and they need them to be likable, and that's a show about you know characters who are women the kardashians is a show about characters who are women and i'm not trying to draw too many parallels there but i think that there is a parallel between you know i don't know these like female narratives i guess you could say and you know whether or not whether or not they are relatable enough to a degree that allows the viewer the spectator to say okay i buy this i'll watch i I believe it you know yeah they have to appear relatable while also occupying these unattainable or semi-unattainable exclusionary positions in society um which seems sort of self-defeating but it has kind of become the criteria for uh celebrity and notoriety which is sort of surprising because historically celebrity has been um, a sort of aspirational structure in society and we're seeing I think a shift from aspiration to aspiration right I mean that's why Jennifer Lawrence was so you know blew up so quickly Right, and Jennifer Lawrence is a great example of relatability as a PR strategy and sort of the manufacturing of um, relatability as a persona. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we have celebrities like Kerry Washington, or more accurately like Beyonce, who don't make an attempt to be relatable and don't need to appear relatable. Yeah, totally. I mean... Beyonce is she relatable I like I don't know her level of fame and notoriety and impact is so like Kim Kardashian it's like almost untouchable so it's unattainable so you know to really like come down on them for not being relatable enough or being too relatable or trying it's like I don't know it's kind of like a endless snake eating its tail situation like they're never going to be relatable exactly exactly i also want to point out 
just circling back to the pets i googled reggie bush dog to see what is up with rocky these days and the fifth google image result is a photo of kim and chris humphreys with a dog i have never seen that dog before and i don't know what became of it what oh my god something fishy is going on in the kardashian universe with regards to pets i know again just don't get a pet if you can't handle a pet that's it that's that's how that that should work (laughs) exactly oh my gosh tbt i really forget about chris humphreys like all the time I find it so strange that both Chris Humphreys and Reggie Bush are married to Kim Kardashian lookalikes. Oh, they totally have a type. (laughs) They totally have a type. Honestly, what is Chris Humphreys up to now? I have not checked in on him in a hot minute. You're asking the wrong person. I I could not tell you anything about sports. He's from Minnesota. So it looks like he is currently playing for the Atlanta Hawks, which I did not know was an NBA team. Before that, he played for the Phoenix Suns, the Washington Wizards, the Boston Celtics, the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets, Mavericks, Raptors, Utah Jazz. He's had an illustrious career. I mean, he's been playing basketball professionally since 2004 i'm now noting i didn't even know that the atlanta hawks were a real team i need to like i need to just not even try to comment on sports ever so professionally he probably peaked during those three years on the nets oh totally i don't know too much about basketball but the nets were definitely the peak especially once they got turned into the brooklyn nets that's when they became cool again But now he has been banished to the land of no-name West Coast NBA teams. Although apparently in 2015, Chris Humphreys made his first three-pointer in more than a decade. Atlanta is cool. Should we move to uh, power rankings? Yes, let's get into it. Although, spoiler alert, Chris Humphreys will not be ranking in this episode. (laughs) So, power rankings for this episode. Um, Let's start at the bottom. We've got, you know, Scott, I think we could say is the bottom. Under different circumstances, Scott's absence could be a power move, but his self-destructive streak really just leaves him at the bottom of this totem pole. Yeah, he wasn't even present in this episode, and I didn't really care. Coming in just above Scott is another minimally present player, Kendall Jenner. Kendall. She's not really making moves at Easy Season 3 nor is she taking part in any of the manufactured drama for this episode. So props to her and her non-presence in a certain sense. And just above Kendall, we have Kylie. She didn't really do anything. I mean, she, she like I said, held on. She was really 
holding on to that lip kit for dear life in the car with Courtney when she was trying to say that Tyga was sensitive. And after that, oh, we got, I think there were some really good gifable or jiffable, however you want to say it, moments in this episode when Kylie is dancing. Agreed. I fully expect to see those on Tumblr later today. Have I mentioned that I bought one of Kylie's lip kits, by the way? Because I did. Oh my god, no. How did it work? I bought one in Court K. Have to say, I was like pretty pleasantly surprised all around, but uh, now that I know that ColourPop is the exact same thing in a different branding, uh, I have no inclination to buy any more of Kylie's lip kits. I'm just going to buy ColourPop and save myself about $25. (laughs) I mean, I saw she's got some new, I guess, metal metallic ones coming out soon. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> Gonna put it out there. I'm not as into the matte metallics, however that works, as I am into Court K. Speaking of which, Courtney is ranking above Kylie this week for doing her part. You know, showing up, reading the lines, enthusiastically or not, and just being a part of this episode. You know what must be really hard, though? Hard but funny. Um, the fact that apparently Courtney peed in her BMW because she had seven iced teas. <laughs> A truly relatable moment brought to you by Chris Jenner and Ryan Seacrest. That was really, that was very relatable. And then Chris said, I guess that's why you couldn't sell it. That comment coming from Chris is pretty ironic considering the number of episodes that have incorporated Chris Jenner's own bladder problems into the storyline. In fact, during that period of time where the Kardashians would endorse literally anything, I think Chris had an endorsement deal with like what? a protective <laughs> undergarment company of sorts. <laughs> Isn't that just, like, what happens when you have, like, ten kids? I mean, Chris only has six kids, to be fair. Wait, oh, Chris Chris Jenner pees her pants on TV, gets endorsement deal. This is from 2011. I have to say, I had no idea about this. Um, Oh, yeah, poise panty liners. Just clench. Just clench, Chloe says, knowing that her mom has an issue with peeing her pants. That's a quote from SheKnows.com, a website I've literally never heard of before. For a hot second in 2011, Kris Jenner was the most relatable of all of the Kardashians. That's too, that's that's also relatable. Stress incontinence. Sure, I'm stressed as well. I, I totally relate. Chris may be pulling the strings behind the scenes with her executive producer credit, but she is willing to do almost anything in front of the camera in order to advance her and her family's mission. Yeah, and that would be why Chris is number five on the power rankings list. She's like smack dab in the middle this week. She's, you know, not really engaged. People are talking to her and then she's saying, are you talking about my house? Um, But she's just there to, you know, comment on how nice her friend Melanie is and receive compliments from her boy toy, Corey Gamble. Yeah, that's really that's really that's his role. He is supposed to compliment her and he does. He does so gracefully. Do you were you watching season eleven when Corey was like, Oh, I have to show you like 
Friday and like all of the, all of these, you know, black movies. Oh my god, no. I told yeah. you I fell off the wagon a little bit and I think I missed that. You I mean Corey Gamble 9 times out of 10 cannot deliver any of his lines without mumbling. But they're not milking the boy toy storyline for all it's worth, so I need Corey to get get his head in the game and I need to see some cougar shenanigans. Always. I need them to turn up the absurdity and turn up the silliness to 11. To 12. To 12 for season 12. King of turning it up to 12. Chloe is ranking just above Chris on the power rankings, but is far exceeding everyone else on the pettiness scale this week during her very one-sided feud with Caitlyn. That what was super weird in this episode was when she said, Caitlin and I may not see eye to eye on some things or anything. And I was like, okay, well, what is that supposed to mean? Which makes no sense considering Chloe and Caitlin were very close for a very long time. I know. They really were. And I remember her I remember like I mean, sure, she would do things to kind of, like, get on Caitlyn's nerves a little bit, but in the way that, like, your daughter would, you know, like, I just remember that one clip from, like, many seasons ago <laughs> where Chloe said how to, <laughs> she was, like, playing around, and I think, was Jonathan there, too? I can't remember. She was like, how many licks does it take to get to the center of Miss Jenner? And Caitlyn was really mad about that vulgarity i guess speaking of miss jenner caitlin is ranking above chloe on this week's power rankings purely for being the bigger person about this whole feud even though you know we don't really know much about caitlin's side of the story by the time we arrive in new york caitlin is pretty much over it she is just there to hang out with lamar share some sweet moments with the rest sweet moments with and just not be petty she's not she shared her makeup with kim caitlin and lamar meeting for the first time was sort of a highlight of this episode i don't know if you remember but during that whole period where chloe and lamar had just met and they were suddenly getting married caitlin was like the only person who was willing to say hey this might not be a good idea and then they sat down for that family dinner before the wedding and lamar and caitlin bonded about the olympics and caitlin kind of gave lamar you know the step parent seal of approval that i think meant a lot at the time and i think they've always kind of had um a little bit of a special bond because of that Yes. Oh, speaking of bonding and seals of approval, um, I thought it was really funny this episode how Chris brought up that, well, I, I guess Corey also, similarly to, to Chloe, believes in aliens, mermaids, and leprechauns. I think Chris was talking about Chloe and Lamar. Or was it Lamar? Oh, Lamar believes in that shit too? They are perfect for each other. Yeah, I think that was ramping up to Chris's whole, you know, Chloe and Lamar, Melanie Griffith, Don Johnson comparison. Yeah. And Caitlin asking for, Caitlin asking for like some airplane, like, uh, mechanic magazines to read. I need some more alien hunting. I miss that. Honestly, I want to hear Kylie Jenner talk about chemtrails. I do. She's got some conspiracy theories and I'd love to hear about it on camera 
Do you remember the episode where Kylie and Kendall ask to be homeschooled because they can't balance their careers with their normal school curriculum? Yes, I do. I remember them doing that. That was such a long time ago. I'm just like, Kylie grew up too fast, too fast. Yeah, I mean, Kylie was like in middle school at the time and she had that Teen Vogue column that she was doing with Kendall and I think that was around the time they were starting their first fashion line with PacSun and they were already traveling quite a bit. She's just had a crazy upbringing that has made her the person she is today. Number seven on this power rankings list compared with the person in position number two on this list even less petty than caitlin in this episode is kim our dear kim she had a little sense of humor in the beginning she sort of orchestrated the whole fashion show she joked around with caitlin she joked around with courtney she completely disregarded um courtney's wishes to have scott and tyga not there and also sort of you know, convinced Chloe to bring Lamar. So for that, she's coming in at number two. And when she's ready to be back in full force, I fully expect her to be number one on this list again. <laughs> and I mean, she even said that she was like a little uncomfortable because she wasn't super ready to sort of like let the world see her post uh, saint birth. But she went for it anyway, and she looked great. And she brought her BFF Lala Anthony and I think that really calmed her down and centered her. And she apparently styled some of the looks that ended up in the final show, as she told Anna Wintour. That's a behind-the-scenes feature that I would have loved to have seen personally. Looking forward to that. I think that would be a very special episode. Brooke, do you want to tell us who's on top this week? The most powerful family member in this entire episode goes to... Kanye West he somehow made it to number one he's all smiles in this episode he's got his fashion show he's got his album dropping like he's just on top of the world in this episode and really the whole family has assembled to support him in dropping what would become my second favorite Kanye album of all time that I just like I just got whiplash from moving my head so fast like I knew you liked the life of Pablo but the second favorite of all time that's a statement only with the release of the Spotify version did the life of Pablo finally eclipse late registration for me wow 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 I mean, whatever. He's still number one in the power rankings for this episode. I totally agree on that. I mean, at least we can agree on that because this is a very rare occurrence in the life of Kanye Omari West to appear on his wife's television show with its subpar cinematography. But speaking of cinematography, if you want to hear me talk about the stylings of David Lynch, you could download Twin Peaks Peaks, the podcast I do with Matthew Olson, where we talk about Twin Peaks. We just wrapped up season two as well as Fire Walk With Me, so we are going to be taking a hiatus until season three starts. You could also listen to me on Pulp, a podcast based on a true story, where we are covering the bling ring and party monster in the upcoming weeks. You could also follow The K-Hole on Twitter at The K-Hole Podcast. You can also follow us individually if you'd like to. Um, 
my Twitter is at B-R-K-M-R-N. That's my full name without the vowels, in case you were wondering. You could also follow me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. My account is locked right now, but you can just request to follow me. Honestly, having a private account has been really freeing. I'm not even going to lie. And with that, I think we've come to an end of a New York family affair. This has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude.